0: Welcome to From the Resort Podcast, this is episode four. Uh, today is Thursday the 22nd of October 2020. I'm here in, in town in the beautiful Queenstown and it is a lovely day. And my guest today is uh, Alistair Holland from Berrien Coast Solicitors. Uh, he is a partner of the firm and they're a general uh, practice uh, of basically providing all the legal services for um, I guess the Otago area. Uh, thanks very much for coming along, Alistair. Thank you, Tim. Great to be here. And thanks for being uh, one of the early guests on the podcast, so we can get uh, the podcast out there in the general general district. Um, so yeah, Alistair, I guess where we like to start the podcast is finding it about a bit about where your background is is from. So early life, whereabouts were you born? I was born in Auckland, um,
1: and my parents and I lived there for three years before they relocated to Palmerston North. Um, and I grew up in Palmerston North until I went away to university
0: at 17 or 18, or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Okay. So t- tell about those those early years in Auckland. What was it like actually growing up? Or was it, was it a good neighbourhood? Tough? What what was sort of? What can you remember? Well, I was only three when I left. So very young. Oh, okay, long. very young. Okay. But so you went to Palmerston North around about that sort of age. Yep. And how long were you there for? Until, uh, until I was about 18. So you would have seen quite, so 15 years maybe at Palmerston North. Tell us about growing up in Palmerston North, what that was like uh, for you, what stories uh, you may have had and what, what do you believe, what's your, I guess, interpretation of the, of the, of the reputation of Palmerston North? I loved growing up in Palmerston North. Um, it's, a, it's a
1: great city for for young families. Um, it was certainly very good to uh, to me and mine. Um, I went to Palmerston North Boys High School, which is a traditional um, single sex um, boys' school, been around for a hundred and something years, uh, and yeah, really loved my time there and, and set us up well for um, going away to to sort of further my study at a tertiary level and and the University of Otago and Dunedin. Okay, so
0: brothers and sisters, do you have, uh, how many brothers and sisters? Uh, two younger brothers, yes. So you were the oldest like me? Yeah, correct. So the oldest of three, so we're very similar there. Um, <laughs> um, what was, I guess, can you remember growing up uh, in your teen years, what do you think, can you remember what your first job was that you had? Part-time job. job. The f- my first summer out of school,
1: I, um, school finished on the friday i went back on the monday and started as the as in the groundskeeping team okay um and yeah very much enjoyed that um and yeah it was just a just a great little way to fill my summers because it allowed me to and i did it for a couple of years when i was first at university allowed me to go back and play for my cricket club and, and that sort of stuff um and you know the the the, the working hours allowed me to get to training and do all of that so uh, yeah, it served me really well. Um, and then um, what else did I do? I did sort of you yeah, sort of do odds and sods during the shorter university holidays. I did a lot of work for my uncle's company. They they I'm um, probably oversimplifying, but they do a lot of work on the UFB, um, fast broadband network, putting okay. the putting the fiber and stuff. So a bit of outside work, which I um, sometimes miss when you're in an office. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and and from there, I got my first job in a law firm in 2007, um, okay. which was a a clerkship at a firm called Mackenzie, Elvin and Tower.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, what about? Uh, I think you, did you mention cricket there? Yep. Um, was that was, was that one of the sports that you obviously played? Obviously, growing up. Is there? What did you think of cricket? And was there any other sports that were you sort of? Uh, Took a really good lightning too yeah well i played play cricket since i was five um and still
1: do uh though not at the not at the level that i used to um <laughs> but you yeah, know there's a great club competition here in in queensland on the friday nights for 2020 and i still do that um play as much golf as i can which i really enjoy and um since moving to queenstown sort of get out hunting and fishing as much as i can as well um which is Sort of something that's a bit unique about being down here you get much less opportunity to do that sort of stuff in the, in the big city.
0: Excellent, um, yeah so uh, I guess how old were you when you first started getting into golf? Was that a fairly young age?
1: Uh, I think my grandfather got me a set of clubs when I was about eight um, and I just sort of played bits and pieces um, as a young fella but then yeah once I started working in Auckland started playing an awful lot more because it was sort of part of the corporate scene and, mm. and bits and pieces like that. And you, you know, you need to be able to do it to a certain level um, mm. if you're going to go and play in front of clients. So, mm.
0: <laughs> you yeah, when I first spoke to you, I sort of picked up that you really you do like you, you golf to You know, as much as you know, obviously get out there and play. Uh, if you look all around New Zealand, what, what do you think is the, your favourite course that you played at? Um, well. Wow. Look, Jack's Point's spectacular
1: on its day, yep. um, the wind gets up but it's, it's beautiful every time you play it and very reliable. Um, my other two favourites that I think i would mention would be uh, Muriwai in Auckland out on the west coast. Um, I was a member there uh, when I lived in Auckland and, and we loved playing out there on Saturday mornings.
0: And Tirarangi I think is spectacular also. Mm-hmm. Mm. Excellent. Um, a lot of beautiful golf courses in this area, as, you know, as, as people could be aware of. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of good choices around uh, this Queenstown. We are sort of sport for choice, really. Mm. Um, aside from that, I guess hunting and fishing, is that something you've always been into as well, or is that something that's sort of more developed uh, in recent years? Or? Definitely more recent for me. Um, I never did it growing up or anything, uh,
1: but a lot of my friends in town are into it, and I've sort of Tried to learn with them, and uh, no, it's great. Great excuse to get out in the bush and turn your phone off. Primarily, um, doesn't matter if you're getting animals or, or fish to me so much, but it's mm. being out there in the bush and seeing a new place, and
0: so, yeah, it's great. So, as far as dest- destinations here mm-hmm. on the South Island of New Zealand, where are the best places to fish? Do you reckon? Oh, there's plenty, plenty on op- plenty uh, sorry on offer in the Otago region.
1: Uh, the the fishing and. Northern Southland is, is great. Um uh just sort of I don't know, south of Kingston and around Garston and yeah, no, there's there's your sport for choice like you say. Um so yeah, and you know, fall else fails if it's not the season there's the lakes that the in the, the bigger rivers that you can go trawling in and,
0: and often have some success. So that's yeah, no, no, it's no shortage. And uh, what about hunting is there places on the South island that you can sort of that you've been hunting and, and sort of I guess not too far from here is it are there places you can hunt and, and you obviously find that enjoyable or
1: yeah absolutely like um well it depends what
0: species you're after of course but uh, the what do you sort of usually look I mean what are you sort of uh, targeting I guess if you're out there
1: yeah i've been I've been deer hunting a few times yep. and I've been tar hunting once or twice um, the tar hunting's up towards the Mackenzie Country, mm. southern else for me mostly. People do do it on the west coast. Though I've never been there, and um, yeah, deer hunting. You know, there's there's lots around, lots of public land, and uh, in in Fiordland in particular, there's belt blocks mm. down there for the for the wapiti. Um, did that a couple of years ago, which was which was uh, well a challenge, mm.
0: <laughs> um, but. No, no, it's, a, it's, it's great to get out there whenever you can. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit about careers. Um, I guess, how old were you when you decided that you wanted to be in, I guess, the, you know, in the solicitor, um, I guess, work, uh, legal work? Uh, and what sort of, what drew you to that?
1: Well, I, I guess you could start, say it starts at university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I chose law and... Um, an arts degree as well, in, in classics because that's what my skill sets were suited to, rather than sort of knowing that you wanted to be a lawyer from since when you were five. And through university, you, I got exposed to the graduate program at uh, Gully and that's where I sort of started in earnest, if you like. Um, and yeah, just really progressed from there. Figured out that I was. Suited to it, and that I was capable of it, and um, here we are. Well, what are we 10, 10 years later, ten years, twelve years later, something like that.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, some areas of specialisation. I guess, I guess, tell us, tell us a, just a bit about the things that you're, you consider yourself an expert in um, specialisations, and I guess where that's sort of going to currently. Uh, so. I, I was at Bell Galley for
1: about seven years in the uh, Banking and Financial Services team and uh, yeah so it, obviously at the larger firms you you do specialise um, and yeah so I, I did that for I guess quite a while in the scheme of things people often go overseas sort of part way through that sort of time period and, and go and continue that specialty and I guess further perhaps in Sydney or London or New York or Hong Kong or something. Mm. Uh, I I didn't do that. I, um, I guess, stayed on for quite a while at Belgali and then moved down here was, I guess, my my first, well, my only move
0: so far. Mm. So so how long have you sort of been in the Queenstown area uh, and been part of Bury & Co. solicitors? It'll be five years in March. Yeah, so um, so coming up to five yep. years, okay,
1: yep. yep. And then in terms of when you make a move from a large commercial firm to a, a regional one in a regional centre like Queenstown, uh, you sort of don't get the, you get less scope to specialise in a particular narrow field and you need to become a generalist and yep. that's, well, that's our firm's focus. Um, and, and secondly, what I've been developing over the last few years since I've lived here in Queenstown, and um, yeah, you get exposure to a wide range of work, and and lots of different sorts of um, challenges and, and legal issues to to deal with, which at first you know can be daunting, but the longer you do it, uh, the more accustomed to it you get. And um, yeah, so that's what we that's what we do at the moment. So I, I, in my current practice, I, I steer more towards as much commercial um, work as I can, and I use that term broadly. Um, and obviously, being in Queenstown, property is a big thing, and um, you know it's it's part and parcel of the commercial world that there's property deals involved as well. So. Um, yeah, so we do a wide range of work right through to, you know, from, if you like, mum and dad, sort of residential investments and sales and purchases and all the rest of it, uh, through to more general commercial and commercial property work.
0: Yeah, okay, excellent. So, um, I'm just trying to think where I'll go next. Where, where I guess, uh, what, what uh, who's had the biggest influence in your, influences in your career, like who, has there been any mentors out there that have that have sort of stuck out, and um, and uh, but you know you've learned quite a lot from, and and help, I, guess, I guess helped you quite a bit with your career so far.
1: Yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm fortunate to um, have a lot of a uh, lot of my friends' uh, parents are in the law, and um, through going to university and, and meeting them and. They've always been very open um, and and helpful about you know decisions when you when you you know thinking about a career move and and those sorts of things. Obviously the the partners that I've worked with and the firms that I've been in um, have all been mentors to me and um, and yeah, it's sort of a it's not like you sort of pick one particular horse in that respect. You're, you're mentored by a lot of what you see and a lot of what goes on around you. Um, so yeah, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, I guess that's my answer there, yeah. I guess, uh, what sort of advice, I guess, would you have for somebody who's sort of <clears throat> who was in your shoes back in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. obviously young when it comes to um, their legal career. What sort of advice would you give mm-hmm. them about uh, where law is today and how they should go about their career? Any sort of advice that you sort of, um, I guess, could pass on to, mm-hmm. to someone like that? Mm-hmm. Look, I think, you
1: know, you've, you've got to work hard at university. Um, if your academic transcript and your CV can look up to scratch when you're going for your first job, your first job's probably often your hardest one to get. Probably not unique to, to, to the legal industry either. Um, and if you can do that, you set yourself a, a good foundation. Um, then in terms of sort of getting your first job, any experience you can get anywhere, whether you're being a clerk or um, you know, being involved in, in somebody's business that's that, that, that first first job's often through or well, certainly wasn't my case, somebody somebody you know. It was my, my flatmate's parents were kind enough to uh, employ me for a summer and and I'm forever grateful for that because they sort of give you give you a decent shot um, at, mm. at progressing on to a a job that you start in earnest once you've finished university. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, now uh, what obviously just to, uh, I guess put the listeners into perspective, you are on the, uh, the board for the, um, Queenstown Chamber of Commerce. Yep. Um, I mean, I've been to a few events, uh, over the years with the chamber, uh, before actually moving to, to Queenstown. It seems like a very well run chamber. Uh, what sort of prompted you to want to, I guess, uh, not, not so much, even be involved in in um, uh, the the chamber as being a member because that's fairly pretty much when you go to a, a town like this, uh, it makes sense to to uh, be part of the chamber board if you can. For a lot of people, but what about the actual joining, joining the chamber board? What sort of was what was the rationale uh, behind I guess joining the board and and uh, and I guess your what sort of things may have you learn or influence of being on a board like the chamber of commerce? Hmm. Um,
1: I guess the main driver for me wanting to join the Chamber was to, um, as a board member, uh, provide a voice that was perhaps uh, the voice of somebody who was relatively new to town and relatively new to the world of um, being a business owner. Mm. Um, There's a lot of people in Queenstown here who are very well established and, and and have been for a very uh, long time, and and that's great to have that sort of depth of experience in the in the business world. Um, I just felt that um, that I could bring a perspective that was that of somebody in their early 30s um, yeah. who's who's who hasn't been here forever, you know. Because I think sometimes it's important to hear uh, what experiences that you've yeah have absolutely and... because they Yep. Differ drastically from mm. the, the experiences
0: of the, the people who perhaps moved here 20, 30 years ago. So prior to coming to, um, you know, I know you're probably a bit, quite a bit younger, but uh, prior to coming to Queenstown, were you sort of involved in any other sort of chambers? Um? Uh, no, I wasn't in Auckland. no. No, yeah. no. it's been a, a new thing for me since I've, um, mm. since I've moved here. Yeah, but certainly it's a great idea, it makes sense, and... And uh, I'm sure that you know any sort of perspective that gets added to the board, and you know, is only going to improve you know the way things run. Hopefully, yeah. Um, it's so it's got to have a, a mix of yeah.
1: of uh, people and experiences and um, industries and, mm-hmm. and those sorts of things because then when you're discussing things as a group, you get mm-hmm. you know you get a bunch of different perspectives rather than um, mm-hmm. perspectives that
0: sort of seem to be already aligned. So I guess making the move from working in Auckland to here, um, obviously the biggest difference is the the population size is a lot smaller here. Even though you, we see quite a lot of, or you would have seen quite a lot of um, transient uh, population with tourists coming in and out. Um, but it, do you consider that is Queenstown to you, is it a small town? Like do people, does everyone know everybody after five years being here, like, like you? like where you are at the moment? I think it was probably perceived
1: that way um, once, but that's not my perception now, not mm. at all, no. Mm. Um, no, I mean, I, I think Queenstown's taking its place in New Zealand as, as, as one of the major centres, despite Definitely. the fact that Definitely. we don't have a, um, you know, a large permanent resident population in the scheme of other places but mm. if you go on in New Zealand and you click I want to fly from here to there the first four places that come up are Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Queenstown. Yep.
0: Yeah definitely I mean the airport as we know it's the biggest one of the biggest ones outside of Auckland yeah in New Zealand so and <clears throat> obviously it's a tour you know historically it's, it's had a lot of growth you know with the tourism yeah uh, over many years um, and over many years, that brings with
1: it uh, mm-hmm. an expanding population of permanent mm-hmm. residents. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Of, of which I'm an example, and yep. there will be many more after me to come. Hopefully, thousands.
0: Yeah, yep. Yep. thousands and thousands of I would guess new newer people coming to the area. Absolutely. Um, I guess talk. Let's talk about the area then. So, what actually drew you to actually uh, make the the bold move to go from Auckland to to Queenstown? What was it about Queenstown that I guess attracted your attention? And did you think that? What, what were the factors, I guess, in in that move that that uh, uh, I guess were important at the time? And what are, are they still important, to, you know, today? Well, I think primarily um,
1: my partner. Eva and I agreed that we both liked it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was very important to both of us. Uh, Secondly, we were both confident that we would be able to find jobs here that suited us, and we've been lucky enough to be able to be in that position since we've we've moved. We got our jobs um, first, and then. And then we found somewhere to live. We didn't move down here without a job. Yeah. And arguably it was more straightforward getting a job than it was to try and find a a house to rent long term. (laughs) That was at that time. That's different.
0: Very different now. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously since um, since you sort of came here, you would have seen that the property prices have more than doubled in the last five years.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I don't, I don't know what the exact figures are, but they've certainly gone up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so quite Absolutely. a lot. So, um, as, as far as house affordability, it's very difficult. Living expenses is, is something that people talk about that I you know, you hear around the traps that you need to make sure you're earning money in order to be able to, to live here. Mm. Um, I guess, so those that, that, are certainly uh, the factors. What, what, is there anything else? I guess is a factor that that you need to be aware of if you're living in a place like Queenstown. I mean, what the, what are, what's something that um, that's I guess been important for you? Yeah, look, I mean the
1: well, the first thing you got to do is, is find yourself somewhere to live. Uh, there's no doubt about it; the property is expensive. The rental market, uh, I think, post COVID. Must have improved, you know, for a prospective tenant uh, on the basis that there was such a huge proportion of the available properties or investment properties in Queenstown that we use for short-term rental accommodation, your Airbnb's and your Booker batch and your like. And when the tourism industry, domestic, international, and otherwise, uh, takes a hit, it makes a few more of those properties available to let to people on a long-term basis. Mm. So, um, as hard as that is for the people that own those properties, um, I'd like to think there's a there's a pool of people out there who um, can go and get themselves a long-term uh, rental, which a lot easier than they might have been able to do when we were in the middle of a property boom mm. uh, in, in, a, in a short-term accommodation tourism sort of boom. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's a sort of. Just, what, what, what was the question there? No, is, I Just guess what's
0: been in, in sort of important to, I guess, that you've found that's been important living here that you've had to sort of adapt to that's for your lifestyle, I guess. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so once you've got something to live and you've got a job, yeah, yeah. then you can go and enjoy it for all the wonderful things that it offers, you mm.
0: know, the ski fields and the golf courses and the, and the mm. outdoors
1: and, and, and all the rest of it.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, do you, I guess um, the, the tourism that sort of has been here for the last five years, up until the last six months in particular, it's obviously good for for Queenstown whilst you've got the economy, that type of economy and that, and that sort of thing. Um, do you sort of enjoy, do you, do you enjoy Queenstown as being a busy place or do you, do you sort of enjoy it sort of a bit more, I guess, what it's like at the moment with, with I guess, a little bit less in the way of tourists being here?
1: I reckon it's great to see it busy. Mm. You know, um, it's. I mean, even even now, but if I, if we talk pre-COVID, you know, mm. vibrant, yes. thriving place, things changing all mm. the time, mm-hmm. and new things popping up, and people mm. coming down and having a crack at something. It's it's great to be in a sort of dynamic environment. I don't think we've lost any of that because of of COVID. Mm. What we've lost is obviously the the tourism yeah. piece to to some extent. That, that'll come back one day. and yeah. the world sorts itself out. Mm. Um, and although it's tough for people in many sectors, mm. if people can find a
0: way to hang on, um, you know, the world's pretty cyclical and mm. things will come right one day. Yeah. So I guess is uh, f- for your business at the moment and, and uh, being a being, I guess, a legal brain in, in the town, a solicitor, a barrister, yep. um, there's plenty of things going on, plenty of projects, activities that keep you, keeping you busy the last six months. Yeah, well, our, our industry,
1: we're very fortunate um, that, you know, we have uh, work to do in, in, in good times and, and bad as far as the economy is concerned. Uh, our workflows change, um, you know. To the extent you see a, well, to some extent you see a drop off in in volumes of um, say conveyancing transactions, but there'll be an uptake of workflow in some other area, um, and that's Mm. sort of how law firms balance themselves out with a skill set so that Mm. they can survive um, and and thrive in in many sorts of economic
0: climates. Yeah. Interesting. So, I guess with the way, um, <clears throat> I mean, I've had a few solicitors on podcasts uh, in the past before in Brisbane. So, I, I, I've sort of spoken to a few different ones estate planning, lawyers, um, and a few other different types uh, people that are in law, commercial law, um, etc. Uh, I guess one thing that sort of often comes up in, in, um, is i guess the way solicitors charge at the um in you know 2020. um historically when i first sort of came into into the business world uh, most solicitors would would be you'd you'd get a bill based on the amount of hours that uh, they would charge on on (coughs) on the work plus an admin component Um, and you'd have a price and then you'd just have to pay with that and sometimes it could be quite high or depending on on how much time they actually spent on the job. Uh, And then I guess the last uh, five or so years, we've seen more of this fixed fee type arrangements where, okay, that's the service, that's how much you're gonna pay for that service. Uh, It's it's a fixed fee sort of arrangement. Um, If we need to come back and do extra work, we'll charge you for this extra fee. What do you think about the way solicitors charge in 2020 and um, has there been much change, I guess, that you've seen in your time here in, in New Zealand?
1: To answer your, your second point, I don't think there's been much um, change. I think your summary uh, of of your experiences reflects, yeah, what I do in my practice, and, and I think what people do in the market mm. generally. Um, with the, the the fixed fee stuff, you know, it's it's great to be able to provide those services. Mm. There are some legal. Jobs that are able to be performed within those sort of parameters, yeah, and definitely. accurately definitely. estimated, and there are some jobs that are not, yeah, and so a lot of a lot of litigation jobs, not so much. They're more on the yeah, quite right. Definitely, litigation is a good example. So, where, where it's appropriate, where where people um, ask for fee estimates, absolutely happy to provide them. I'd, I'd much rather provide somebody with a fee estimate that was accurate mm. than one that was a lowball to try and buy the job and then go, oh, yeah, but by the way, hang on, there's a stand the other. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, if I'm giving estimates, I like to make them.
0: Obviously, want to make sure there's, A reasonable yeah. estimate of
1: what it's actually going to cost, because otherwise, yeah, you don't want
0: to sort yourself short from
1: Otherwise, it's like taking a car to the mechanic, right? She's, so oh, you know. Do it for this, but it's that. Then yeah. you, you get it all for 800, and you're disgusted with it. But had um, mm. he told you it was going to be eight hundred bucks to begin with, you wouldn't have blinked.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So uh, well, just start a conversation we sort of sort of have, and you, you get obviously we've uh, you know no no lawyers that have fixed model pricing, and but that the area specialisation can be done mm. that way, where it's like a, an estate planning solution, mm. which is very much should be in the in a fixed. Price parameter for a lot of that. Yeah, I can't really uh, on estate planning, so I don't do much for myself, yeah. to be honest. Um, but yeah, and then other things like conveyancing a fixed fee or, mm. you yeah, know, within depending on the different levels of conveyancing, then there might be a couple of different levels. Um, but yeah, so it's quite interesting that, um, I guess, with that. Um, what it's great to do is, well, yeah,
1: one thing I've learned is people don't like talking about money. No. Right? So if you talk about the money right at the start, Then the job can go through to its end Mm. and um, no surprises, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas if you don't, or you delay the conversation, or you think, oh, he or she might be a bit sensitive, so I'll just just deal with it later, Mm -hmm. I reckon that inevitably leads to problems. So, uh, as uncomfortable as it may be, you'll have the money at the start, and if that's not going to work for the person, then either find something that's going to or Mm. um,
0: don't. Yeah, I'm mean, coming from an accounting background. Obviously, we, we deal with, with fees uh, and how we charge the clients. Um, we don't, and I guess being, it just because it's a, a cyclical process in, in the way you do that type of job. So, if the client gets charged $2,000 one year, their expectation will probably be that if they were happy with the job that you, and they paid $2,000 uh, one year, they, they're going to expect that the next fee is going to probably be not too much different. It could you know five ten percent of the time that it might be cheaper you know 50 percent of the time it might be slightly more and or the other mm. thing, it might be the same so it depends on on all the different factors that of, you know, of their, their business but mm. don't usually have too many i mean we, i guess we're pretty lucky that there's a cyclical approach mm. you know if you do have sort of disputes with fees it's it's very few and far between um even if you don't have to even if you don't sort of get into the habit of quoting how much the price is going to be up front. Mm. So it's still a fixed price, yes, you've got to work out how productive you are and the price is, you know, obviously what you come to at the end you will do something. So it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, so that's good. That's a good little bit of conversation there. Open
1: communication is the key.
0: Yeah, open communication. You yeah. want to and you want to be able to meet the client's needs in whatever you're doing and I'm, I'm sure that from what I'm from what I'm getting from what you do I think that's a very important part is meeting the client's expectations and that's, you know, very high on the on the list. Well, we're a service industry, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's great. Uh, other hobbies, I mean, we've gone through quite a few hobbies, as hunting, fishing, golf. Um, anything else that uh, you like to do in, I guess, this, this Otago region as far as a hobby? Like, do you ever go out to, to Cromwell to the motorsport place or...?
1: I must have been, I've must not been there. Um, I, I do do some skiing.
0: Um, yep, skiing, of course.
1: I think what I'd like to do is just some more time to do the things that I've already mentioned.
0: <laughs> but that's the hardest thing to come by, isn't it? Yeah, I guess weekends, I mean, at the moment, do you, do you work on weekends or do you have the weekends free to yourself to be able to, to do what you, I guess, want to do?
1: I uh, Try and steer away from working on the weekend. I mean, there's always those things that have to be done um but that's certainly the exception rather than the rule down here
0: yeah and um things like i mean there's always in new zealand always said there's a huge following of, of rugby union everyone loves the all-blacks are you a big do you like the rugby union and the all-blacks as well is that something you support or yeah absolutely yeah, oh. yeah. um no, i love it when they play games down in dunedin because that's just
1: a short drive for us it's sort of three hours over there so nice you've been to an All
0: Blacks game at Dunedin at the yeah,
1: yeah in the last uh, last few years.
0: I obviously didn't play one there this year, um, no. but yeah, we, I think I've been over every year that they've had a game there. Yeah, because you said you did your uni there, didn't you? Yes, at Dunedin. Yeah, so, yeah, so how many years are there? About four years at uni, or five, five years. Yeah, um, I mean, I've only been sort of through Dunedin actually once. It's a nice place. Um, what is your sort of uh, being those uni years in the university town that it is um, what what do you think of sort of Dunedin these days is there sort of an opinion do you think it's a nice place to go to, to to get away from Queenstown or or what what is your sort of feeling towards going yeah. going over to Dunedin if you have to you know going over there for either work business you know
1: Yeah well look, since you raised it well yeah we do go there for the odd weekend away just to get out of town something different um, yeah, there's, well, there's some shops over there that aren't over here, um, and we're a long way from the sea, you know? it's nice to see the sea occasionally.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: yeah, yeah no, it's... So we, we enjoyed it. No.
0: Yes, okay. Um, I guess anything else that you wanted to bring up on the podcast today? It's been a pleasure to, to, to sort of listen to, I guess, your insights into lots of different things about the area, about uh, being in the legal uh, profession. Um, I guess, and, and obviously being part of the chamber board, is there sort of anything else that uh, you, I guess, wanted to bring up today, uh, to, I guess, to tell the listeners or any any sort of random thoughts on the way things are going generally?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, that's, it's uh, unavoidable to um, to see that Queenstown faces its challenges as a result of COVID. Mm. That being said, I think it's coping pretty well, all things considered. Um, And I think, you know, if I look at the time since I've moved here, it's only becoming a better place to sort of live and and have a career. And, um, you know, if if anyone's considering it, I think it's certainly a worthwhile option considering. Um, Look, it's growing. I think the growth is largely a good thing though that you you know you need to do those things in a managed fashion and sustainably and and all those sorts of things but you know just the mere prospect that something's slightly Mm. bigger
0: today than it was yesterday it's not a bad thing to start with Mm. I think uh, finally I think um, as far as the future and we we found out this year the future is very very hard to predict um, as far as where things are, you know and a good example is yes I I'd planned to come here uh, for quite a while um, but you know obviously COVID froze a spanner in the works and um, my, my wife in particular didn't get to we didn't get to Queensland as early as we would have liked or she would have liked yeah uh, in particular um, so that can certainly throw a spanner into your plans but as far as your your future goals and plans, is there anything that you want to achieve? I guess in the next five ten years, anything that you sort of um, you don't have to actually say it, I guess. But do you know exactly what you want wanting to achieve? I guess in the next five to ten years, um, any goals that you're sort of setting that you're wanting to to say, yep, i will tick that off my my, my sort of to do list. Yeah, well, it was
1: probably it's probably some things that you never. Remind me of the question, please. So just to,
0: as far as... Um
1: oh, yes, goals and, and what I'm looking to achieve being here, yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, so we're, I'm, you know, it's not like I treat my life like a list, you know, it sort of changes and evolves and if I'm lucky enough to be able to set myself up and continue to live here and, you know, one day if I'm lucky, perhaps raise a family and, and those sorts of things and, and, you know, have your children grow up here, I think that would be a great great place to raise Raise kids, and um, yeah, for, to carry on with with my career, and also with um, for my my partner to carry on with hers. So, if we can do that, we'll we'll be very fortunate.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for your time uh, today. I really appreciate it, Alistair, It's been great. Um well, hopefully you will edit it, and we'll get this up uh, over the next day or two. that uh, we go. share it with you, and uh, get it up on all the different channels. Can't wait to sort of uh, catch up with the other members. Of the board of the Chamber of Commerce as well to be able to hear their stories Um, so I do look forward to that and uh, look forward to to um, getting more uh, I guess people in the area on the podcast and uh, and uh, you know uh, we had it sort of everyone will sort of know what's sort of going on I guess as far as people's stories and it's something different for people to listen to when it comes to to Queenstown so thank you very much um, no, thank been, you, Tim. It's been a pleasure to be a part of. it, Cheers. No worries. Thank
1: you very much. Take off, right? But I mean, my my main focus is on setting up here and building um, the business up. L- living my life here and building the business up, and and. Um,